Welcome, listeners, to Episode 9 of The Roadmap, the podcast from the Center for Auto Finance Excellence focused on best practices for the auto finance industry. As always, we are generously supported by Fiserv. Today, I welcome Sonia McDonald, the Executive Vice President and Chief Lending Officer at Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union. In this role, Sonia is responsible for a $6 billion portfolio that encompasses consumer, mortgage, and commercial lending. The majority of her 25 years of experience in marketing, strategic planning, management, and lending has been spent in the credit union industry. Prior to joining Randolph Brooks in 2003, she was employed by Centris Federal Credit Union in Nebraska and Day Air Credit Union in Ohio. Sonia joins us today to talk about credit unions capturing market share, how to use technology to serve customers and the business, and also a subject I'm personally fond of, female leadership. Thank you so much, Sonia, for joining us for Episode 9 of The Roadmap. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. Yeah, let's get started. Um, You know, obviously, credit unions have taken on a larger market share within auto lending, and it's been growing over the past few years. From your perspective, what has allowed credit unions in general to enlarge their capacity to lend uh, while banks and auto captors have been pulling back? You know, I can't really speak to banks and auto captors, but for credit unions, you know, auto lending has been kind of our, our bread and butter for years. And I think that as consumers recognize the value that credit unions bring to the table, um, they're more and more willing to, to start maybe their credit union relationship with an auto loan. And then fortunately, like at Randolph Brooks, we've been able to, to take that, that in, if you will, and grow market share, grow membership, grow the grow the loyalty and the value that members see. Right, right. And would you be able to share with the roadmap, you know, the growth that Randolph Brooks has experienced? Um, I'm wondering even if just, you know, year over year numbers between 2000 and 2016 and, and 2017. Yeah, we, uh, we experienced about a 14% growth in lending between 16 and 17. Um, We've had some of our best lending years. We've we've partnered in the community. We've partnered with uh, dealers, which we hadn't really done before, and it's really it's worked well for us. And when you say partner, would you mind providing some coloring on what those partnerships look like and what you're really doing there? Sure. So at Randolph Brooks, we don't do indirect lending. Um, there's a lot of credit unions that, that do do that, but we have a direct lending model. But what we do do is we have partnered with dealerships to allow our members to close loans at their dealership. So it's more of a channel delivery. And the purpose of that is to make it easier for members to close their loans because that's, that's really what we're all about. It's about the member experience. It's about how can we make it easy for members to get a loan with us. And so we have a, a network of dealers that we, you know, we do a lot of research on them. We don't let just any dealer into this network. And then a member never has to walk into the branch. They can go. They know they're going to be treated well as a Randolph Brooks member, and they can get their Randolph Brooks loan and close it at the dealership. I see. And how many partnerships with these dealerships do you have now? Oh, gosh. We probably have um, 
it's over 100, but you have to remember we're all over the state of Texas. So San Antonio, Austin, um, we've got a few in the Dallas area. And then we also have a partnership with Carvana. And um, that's something that we started last year. It's gone really well for us where a Randolph Brooks member can, can go online and apply for a loan and then look at all of the Carvana vehicles. And we've been really, really pleased with the with the partnership there. They're a great they're a great partner to work with. Right. Yeah. I recently reported on uh, the used car uh, lending space and how credit unions um, have really taken on a, a newer and larger role within that. Um, I'd be interested in hearing specifically if there's any thoughts you have on the used car market since you just mentioned Carvana. Um. Yeah, we, we do a lot of used cars. Um, the, the great thing about Randolph Brooks is that our rate is the same whether you buy new or used. And so members find value in that as well. Right. And going along with seizing market share, um, you know, I, I imagine there's or would think that there's a defined strategy that kind of goes along with, um, you know, expansive growth on top of whatever organic growth that you experience. I'm wondering if you could provide for listeners uh, a sense of that strategy. And, you know, of course, we focus on best practices. So is there anything that, you know, you guys uh, typically consider when you're thinking about growing the portfolio? Um, For us, I I think our strategy is to take care of our members and and kind of like if you if you build it they will come if you make it easy for them they will come if you treat members with dignity and respect and you make sure that they understand that you're in it for them um, they tell their family they tell their friends and and that's worked really well from for us um, the other thing that we have focused on in the last Oh, I would say probably six months towards the end of the year is we wanted to, to reach out to members who maybe don't have the best credit. And so we were looking at ways that we could um, grant loans to people with maybe a tier four or five credit score, but who still, you know, these folks have to get to work and they need a vehicle to get to work. And how can we help make that a, a reality for them? And so having that focus. Um, has done well for us. You know, we're not going to put somebody who's in a tier four or five into a into a Mercedes, but we might get them into a used Toyota Camry, and that's going to help get them to work. That's going to help them pay their bills. And what we find is that when we help these folks out, they're very loyal to us. They come back to us. Right. I was having a conversation recently with someone else from a different credit union, and they were saying that. Um, for credit unions, because they're membership owned and members are also customers that, you know, there's a different attitude that credit unions have, unlike banks, which are more beholden to shareholders, which not all shareholders are necessarily customers. Yeah, that's correct. So, um, you know, we've had member we have members who, who have what we call colorful credit, and they may not pay anybody else. But they pay Randolph Brooks because they understand we're a cooperative. The, the money that Randolph Brooks makes doesn't go into the pockets of shareholders. Um, it goes back to the membership in the form of lower fees, in the form of better rates, 
in the form of more convenient services. You know, we, we also have a board of directors, but our board of directors are unpaid volunteers. The most they get is a, is a meal at the board meeting every month. So, right. so there's, a, there's a huge difference in the structure between banks and credit unions. And when you get that information out there, I think, you know, people know this is their money that we're dealing with. And that's something that we keep at the forefront of our minds whenever we're making decisions here. This is our members' money, and we need to be good stewards of it. I'm also curious to know when it comes to you know, the consumer relationships as well as the business strategies, you know, what aspects of technology is Randolph Brooks looking at right now, um, especially if it relates to auto finance? It seems like every day that you know, a lender has some new fintech partnership or is utilizing technology in their underwriting in some way, shape or form. Yeah, we're no different. We are looking at automated underwriting. Um, you know, in this day and age, people want things, they, they want to get a car, they want to know within seconds that they are approved for a car loan. And so we've put a real emphasis on uh, on immediate decisioning. Um, when I came to the lending department two and a half years ago, I think it was less than 10% of our auto loans were automatically decisioned. And today that number is north, and it's probably around 60% that are automatically decisioned. And so that's really important, especially, you know, you talk about the fintechs. Um, they, do, they do a great job of, of getting decisions to members or to customers, their customers fast. They make the process easy. And we're the same. We are constantly looking at ways to make the lending process easier for members. How can they get on their phone and, and get a loan um, we're not quite where we want to be yet, but eventually my vision is that if you want to, if you go and see a car, you can get on your mobile app for Randolph Brooks, type in a, cup, a few um, fields, fill in some information, and not only would you be approved, but we could get you funded all the way to the end. We're not quite there yet, but that is the vision. Right. On top of that, what kind of goals does Randolph Brooks have for the rest of 2018 in, in terms of its auto finance business, whether it's technology related or not? And again, I go back to the member experience. What can we do to make it easier for the member? Um, we've introduced uh, recently the ability, you know, there's a lot of paperwork that goes into these car loans, particularly on the used car side. And it used to be that we would have people fax their information to us, or they would drop it off at a branch. And we've just recently introduced the ability for people to upload that information. And so that makes things much easier, not only for the member, but for our folks as well. Um, so just continuing on with identifying pain points for members and then finding solutions for those pain points. Right. And to switch gears a bit, um, something that I was hoping to also dive a little bit more into was that the concept of female leadership uh, within auto finance. Uh, I would think that we could both agree that, you know, women are, are not the majority when it comes to either finance or auto finance specifically. And so I was interested in exploring um, your thoughts and, and own perspectives on that issue. Um, you've been with Randolph Brooks since 2003, and you've been working in the credit union industry for 25 years. Have you seen much progress in this space in terms terms of representation? Actually, yeah, I think credit unions um, 
probably more than our friends in the banking industry, are very friendly towards women. Um, that At least that has been my experience. Um, you know, if you're a good business person, you're a good business person. It doesn't really matter whether you're a man or a woman. And I haven't really, in my career, I, I've only had people open doors for me. Um, and so I've been very fortunate in that regard. I've had mentors that were both female and male. Um, you know, women do manage probably a little bit differently. Um, and we and there are some, some things that we have to deal with. Sometimes when when a woman takes a stand on something, she's she's considered a, a bad word, whereas if a man takes a stand on something, maybe not so much. But I have to tell you, I really haven't seen that here at Randolph Brooks. I haven't seen it too much in my career. Um, I think as long as you have good business sense and you have a purpose, that's what's great about the credit union industry is that we have a purpose, and that's to help our members achieve their their dreams, their financial dreams, um, be free to buy a house, be free to buy a car. Education is huge in the credit union industry. Um, we're not about making a profit, although we do need to make money, but that's that's not our, our guidepost, if you will. And so I think it lends itself for anybody who has compassion for people to, to do well in this industry. You also mentioned that you've had both male and female mentors over the years. I would be interested in knowing what those experiences were like. Have you found having a mentor to be valuable? And what were those sort of relationships like? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've had, like I said, I've had several mentors. and it kind of depends on the person. So I, I've had one mentor that whenever I'm kind of stuck on how to how to handle something, I'll give her a call. And, and what I love about her is that she she never answers a question. She always she always answers my questions with questions. And so she makes me think harder than um, than I normally would. And so I think that's a, that's a a style that that works well for me because it helps me come to a conclusion better. Um, I've had you know mentors that just open doors for me, um, takes you out of your comfort zone. So I mentioned before, you know, I've been in in the lending department here for two and a half years. Before that, I kind of grew up in the in the back office in the marketing, and I ran audit, I ran HR, I ran uh, strategic planning. I wasn't really on the member-facing side, and um, my boss asked me to to jump out of my comfort zone and to do something different, and I was concerned about it until he told me that what I said before is that a good business person is a good business person, and really it takes leadership and a vision, and if you can communicate your vision to the folks that know the technical side of things, then um, then it's a great experience, and it has been. I've really enjoyed my time in lending. I've learned so much. Um, and I think that because I came from the marketing side, I've been able to share kind of a different perspective with people who are very technical on the lending side and maybe open their eyes a little bit to to a different thought process. Do you have any sort of thoughts or advice that you would give to younger women who are just entering, you know, the 
sort of professional space or the credit union finance space at all? Um, I think you have to remember to, to learn from every every good thing and bad thing. You know, I've had I've had bosses in the past who were just absolutely horrible, very difficult to deal with. And what I learned from them is the type of boss that I wanted to be and the type of boss that I didn't want to be. And I hope that I'm a better person today for having gone through some of those um, not so pleasant experiences with people. But I think be genuine. Uh, don't try and be somebody that you're not. Um, learn as much as you can because, you know, like I said, I've been in this business almost a quarter of a century, which is hard to believe, and I learn something new every day. There's there's no way that you can know everything. And so be open to new ideas. Um, treat people with respect. And particularly if you want to be in leadership positions, just be humble. Great. Well, we are certainly thankful that you've joined the roadmap today uh, to talk about all of these very important subjects. Um, we hope that, you know, at some point you'll join us again in the future to discuss more. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much for joining episode nine of the roadmap. Thank you. It was my pleasure.